Welcome to Only Girl on the Job Site. I'm Renee Beery, a luxury interior designer and construction expert. Educated at the New York School of Interior Design and employed by AD Top 100 firms, I have created a niche expertise in managing large-scale construction projects from renovations to new builds over the past three decades. Today, I'm on a mission to instill confidence in designers through this podcast and my online course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Whether you are new to construction management or a seasoned designer like me, I am all about transparency and tactical advice for fellow designers. On this podcast, I share actionable steps, practical tips, real-life examples, and behind-the-scenes tricks that I use while managing construction projects. Not only will they keep them on schedule and on budget, but will give you the confidence to know that these projects will end successfully, protecting your profit as well as leading to a pipeline full of incredible referrals. If you've been searching for support and advice on construction management to grow your skills and confidence so you can avoid the mistakes that I've made in the past, then you're in the right place. Before we get started, I want to thank each of you for being a part of this community. Your listens, subscribes, and reviews are what allows me to make this show great week after week. I've got lots of plans for growing this podcast, and that's enabled by you. Make sure to follow the podcast so that you get notifications of new episodes so you don't miss a thing. If you enjoy this episode, spread the word. Leave a review and tell your interior design friends how much they can learn from this show. I have had the privilege and pleasure of speaking to so many designers since I started this podcast over two years ago. And today I want to share some of the frustrations I hear from these designers and how to resolve them so that you can move forward successfully. Let's get started. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad you're here. As I mentioned, I have had the privilege of speaking to countless interior designers across this country, all through Canada and Europe over the last almost three years now. I can't believe I'm saying that since I started this podcast. And for those who weren't in on the beginning, this podcast wasn't created for designers. I have to be honest. It was created for homeowners and it came out of a need I saw arising during COVID where designers couldn't get to their job sites, me in particular. And I had very frustrated clients who were used to having my guidance and now were on their own. Well, As we know, clients tend to be a little dramatic. They were not on their own, but I couldn't physically be there. And while we FaceTimed and Zoomed and phone calls and texts and tried to make it work and sort of band-aid it together, I wasn't physically allowed to be on job sites. And then one day, one homeowner said in a very frustrated way, why can't I just create a manual for her to do it on her own? And that was a light bulb moment. It really was. I thought to myself later, you know, I probably could. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not oversimplifying things, but there are certain steps and stages to every project that a homeowner probably isn't aware of, but could manage if they knew what to expect. And that's how the podcast was born. 
And as the story goes, the designers showed up in droves and initially just thought they were checking me out, seeing what the competition was up to. And that wasn't the case. I could not have been more wrong. The designers were desperately seeking the knowledge for themselves because they already were managing projects and they were in over their heads. I got DMs, emails, I jumped on calls. I am, if you haven't already realized, I am a sharer. I would much rather see a designer succeed on a project because ultimately it helps all of us, right? So if there are designers out there and they are floundering on job sites, it diminishes the credibility of the other designers who aren't floundering. And I don't mean that to be harsh, but that is a reality. If a contractor works with an interior designer, they don't know what they're doing. He feels like he has to manage the interior designer throughout the project. Guess what? He's not going to be inclined to want to work with other interior designers because he's going to assume we are all the same, which of course isn't true, but you only get one shot of making a good impression, especially with contractors. So I dug in because this is what I do and this is absolutely what I love. And that's why I made the very conscious decision to pivot this entire platform to helping interior designers. Now, I still have homeowners that listen and there's plenty for them to learn and pick up. And hopefully they're learning that having a trained interior designer manage their project is the right decision, by the way. But if they want to go it alone, there are tips that they can take away from these episodes and apply them to their own projects. And that that's great. But to me, that's the gravy. The meat of this podcast is to elevate the skills and knowledge for interior designers who want to be managing construction projects for their clients. It's really as simple as that. So like I said, I am constantly talking to interior designers from all walks of life, from all backgrounds and experiences, and I have found that there have been some common denominators for their frustrations. And that's what I want to go over today. The most common frustration I hear from designers is that construction projects are kind of foisted on them, meaning the client sort of drags them into a project because they already know them or they're already working together and they were, say, decorating the living room and the homeowner wants to gut the kitchen. And so it's natural progression for the homeowner to bring along the designer that they know, like, and trust. Totally makes sense except that the designer doesn't have the skills and understanding of managing a project that is very different from managing a decorating project. Not that one is harder than the other. They're just very different. And so I get designers calling me saying, Renee, I have no idea what I'm doing. I am faking it till I make it and I'm exhausted doing it. I don't think I'm making any money on this project. My goal actually, Renee, is just not to lose money. That is never a goal. Please hear me when I say that. That should never be your goal. I understand it may be your reality right now, but it should never be a goal. And so that's one type of designer I hear from a lot, frankly, but they aren't alone. The other designers are new to the industry. Maybe it's their second or third careers and they're excited. They have done some projects on their own for their own homes, and they think that they can do it for clients. And I say, that's amazing. But they haven't been in the business a long time, and they've only had experience spending their own money. 
And what I always caution designers with is it's a different scenario when you're spending someone else's money. And frankly, it's a sobering experience because it isn't your money. And there has to be care and a sense of responsibility when you are spending someone else's money. And that should never be taken lightly. I still do not take it lightly, even if the budgets are ginormous, which sometimes they are. It is still someone else's money that they have worked hard to earn. And I take that responsibility very seriously. And and again, I encourage all of you all to think about that when you are putting yourself out there. In other words, I don't want designers to fudge their experience. There's no upside in doing that for a client. I can promise you at some point, your lack of experience will show itself and then you will be caught in a much more uncomfortable situation than had you been upfront and honest in the beginning and still gotten the job. Don't get me wrong. Everybody has first jobs. Everybody has the first five jobs. Everybody has the first 10 jobs. Being open and honest about it and pricing your services accordingly, you will still get those jobs. I can guarantee it. It's just you will now feel comfortable knowing that you're not having to fake it behind the scenes. And that, again, like I just said, is never a winning scenario. And you will be sussed out by the contractors and it won't take long. And that is something that can actually harm your career because contractors are an amazing industry partner to continue getting work beyond the project you're currently working on. And then the secondary part is they say, well, I can't work for someone else. I need to be making a certain amount of money. Therefore, I'm going to go out on my own. And yes, as someone who has, quote, worked their way up the ladder, we are in a very low paying industry. I mean, tragically low paying industry. And I can say this because I was living in New York City at these incredibly low paying entry level jobs in our business. And it's a sin. It truly is a sin how low paying our industry is in big firms because we are critical to the success at any level, whether you are the librarian working with the resource library, whether you're a junior designer, a designer, or a senior designer, you are an important part of any project. And receiving a low pay for your services often has a negative effect on your output because you don't feel validated if you aren't being paid, hell, in some cases, a livable wage. So I understand why designers don't go that route. They don't shadow another designer or they don't take on those roles as a junior designer if it's your second career. I was in my 20s when I did that. And I understand it isn't something that I encourage people in their second careers to go back and do. And then the last category of designers I hear from quite often, actually, is the frustration that they weren't taught anything about construction in design school. Now, again, my background, I went to the New York School of Interior Design. In my opinion, and you can email me and try to defend your alma mater, but in my opinion, it is the number one interior design school in the country. It's all they teach. It's not a division in another art school. It's not an individual major at a university. It is solely all they do in that building. And it is awesome. 
It's located in New York City. It's only a couple blocks from the D&D. It is in the heart of the interior design world. And guess what? I was only taught some of this. There were no business classes. There was a legal class. There was a codes class. There was heavy drafting courses. And that shows you my age. There was a few CAD classes, but I did more drafting than I did CAD work when I was in graduate school. But it was the teachers that talked about construction as opposed to actual classes that got me hooked on this niche inside of our field. In particular, my drafting teacher, Joan Peterson, I just loved this woman. She was badass. She was late in her career, which is why she had leaned into teaching. And she used to work for the city of New York drafting ink on canvas. Let's just pause and think about that. Ink on canvas. That's just insane. I mean, I was led on vellum and I still stressed out that I couldn't erase a line perfectly. I just can't imagine completing a project in ink. It was just craziness. Not to mention the fact that she was an anomaly in that field. It was a predominantly male field, even more so than architecture is today. And so she had a goal and she was very vocal about it. She taught us how to draw any plan required for construction. And I mean any. We drew HVAC plans, we drew reflected ceiling plans, sections, elevations, floor plans, furniture plans, you name it. And she taught us about them. Now, she always said, hey, by the way, you will never legally be able to seal any of these drawings. Here's what got me hooked. She said, but I want you to understand these drawings so you can sit at a table with the architects toe to toe, understand what they're saying and add value to the overall design of the project. That's what got me hooked. I thought, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I love these drawings. I understand it. It's like a puzzle. And so when I graduated, I sought out firms that were doing construction work. It was about 50% decorating and 50% construction. And my hunch came to fruition. I just loved it. But I wasn't technically taught any of this in school. I learned it from the designers I worked for. That's really the truth of the matter. And it wasn't until this podcast started and I kept hearing from designers desperately seeking this information that I realized how many designers out there are on job sites every day and aren't sure of what they're doing. And frankly, it worried me. One, Initially, again, like I mentioned, it worried me that my reputation, our industry's reputation, was going to be challenged if there were all these designers on job sites that weren't confident in their skills. And two, it worried me for my industry that there were interior designers likely losing their shirts or just barely afloat on these construction projects. And therefore, they probably wouldn't stick with it because it wasn't lucrative enough for them to keep seeking out this type of project. And so that's where we are today. I am all in on sharing what I know. I am all in in boosting this industry. And my greatest dream would come true 
if homeowners assumed that an interior designer needed to be a part of their renovation construction project from day one. Now, I've waited 30 years for that. I haven't seen that come. It is improved. And then a lot of it is because of the dreaded HGTV shows, which please don't get me started. I'm not a fan because they're not based in reality, but it has educated homeowners enough that they seek out interior designers because they see them on those screens. And I loosely use that term interior designers. Most of them are hobbyists, but it's okay. I'm going to take the good and ignore the bad and say that it did boost our industry in that regards. So where does that leave us? Well, if you're on construction sites right now and you aren't confident in your skills, what stages come, the steps to take, best practices, or you're unable to take a pretty significant pay cut from your current position and go back and work for an interior designer, or if you went to school and you weren't taught the basics of running a project, that's where this comes in. I was amazed upon researching that there aren't many people talking about this. Lots and lots of resources for processes and systems to run your companies, but just not enough information about the nuts and bolts of a construction project. And luckily, it's what I love. I do decorate, and don't get me wrong, I would be sad if I didn't get decorating projects, but I really love construction. There's just something about the smell of sawdust. So my recommendations for you, if you see yourself in any of those categories, is Be very careful crowdsourcing the information on Facebook groups, Google searches. I read those questions. I see the answers. I read through them, and and they're usually pretty good. They're certainly well-intending. No designers are looking to shortchange other designers. But you can tell that the people responding might not have a lot of experience of their own. And so crowdsourcing to me is, is I get, you know, a step that you can take, but better yet, share this podcast with your fellow interior design friends. Tell them there are ways to find out this information from seasoned interior designers, tried and true. And also tell them there is so much content on my website, devignedesign.com. There's free resources, low cost downloads, as well as an incredibly robust self-paced course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. Frankly, I have poured all of my experience, not only that I gained at school, but also working for other interior designers, as well as running my own firm for the last 23 years. I am happy to share my mistakes, tell you my horror stories, if only to help you avoid them or mitigate them if you do find yourself in the same situations. We are stronger together as a community, and my only goal is to raise the industry to the level that I feel it has always deserved. So if you are struggling, finding the answers to the everyday questions that you are running up against, there are resources for you. You can go on my website, find older episodes, you can search for certain categories, take a deep dive into a specific topic that I've covered, whether it's from me directly or whether it's from one of my amazing guests. There are also the downloads and my signature course, 
the Interior Designer's Guide for Construction Management. Inside the course, you will find everything we talk about in these episodes and so much more from marketing your from learning how to market your services, learning the everyday steps of a project, the downloads, the spreadsheets, the budgets, everything you need to manage a project for your clients successfully so that not only will you feel more confident, but you will protect the profit that you should be making on these projects and positioning yourself to get more projects from this successful completion of the ones you're on. And as always, you can reach out to me directly with questions. I am happy to help and add you to my list of wonderful interior designers I have built relationships with since the beginning of this podcast. And as always, I really thank you for your time today. You are what drives this podcast forward. Your questions, your outreach, and your interests is what helps create all of these episodes. And I look forward to our next time together. Thank you for listening, and I hope you heard something that you can apply to a project today. If you're ready to increase your construction projects in your business, check out the details on my signature course, The Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management. It's a six-part digital course that will save you a three-year learning curve, get you profitable, bring in an income and lifestyle that makes sense for you by learning the top strategies, what works and what doesn't building your confidence so you're no longer paddling to stay afloat, or worse, learning how to manage construction on a client's project. Through the course, I'm handing over 30 years of top strategies and advice. Head to my website, devinyedesign.com, for more details on the Interior Designer's Guide to Construction Management and become educated and empowered for your next construction project.